Welcome to Kinks and Beats Daily. I'm your host, Tony Fry. Thank you for downloading today's episode. Um, today we're talking about a song called Clean Up Time by John Lennon. It was released November 17th, 1980 on the album Double Fantasy, which was the last album he released um, and produced entirely uh, prior to his assassination in December of 1980. And for me... This is one of my favorite songs on Double Fantasy. And I was reading, you know, doing my research for this episode, I was reading one reviewer called it the weakest song on the album. Um, who was that reviewer? Uh, uh, Robert Rodriguez. Claiming that it sounds like Lennon is trying too damn hard to sell us something. Okay, fine, whatever. We're all entitled to our opinions. Um, even if some of them are ridiculous, this is a solid tune. Uh, and one of the best sounding recordings of, I think Lennon's entire career. A few years ago, they did a stripped down version of double fantasy that kind of removed some of the 1980s production style and just brought it back down to its bare roots foundation of you know, electric guitars and drums and the drums are a little bit cleaner sound without all the echo and compression. And, you know, they they took out some of the overdubbed background vocals and stuff. Clean up time is, uh, of those stripped down songs, one that's very difficult to tell the difference between the original and the remastered remixed, uh, stripped down version, because it is, even though it's produced and it has a very, you know, produced sound, um, it is probably the, the most straight ahead rocker funk tune on that album. And it is a straight funk song. Uh, in a lot of ways, if you listen to those horn lines, in a lot of ways, this sounds more like a Stevie Wonder collaboration than Ebony and Ivory does. And that is an actual Stevie Wonder collaboration with Paul and Stevie. Um, there are a lot of aspects of this. If you listen to the bass work, um, by, I forget who the bass, uh, by Tony Levin, the horn arrangements. Um, this, this, it, it, this song could have fit perfectly on a John Lennon, Stevie wonder compilation. And I think John's voice suits this style a little, um, n- more naturally than Paul's does, even though sometimes he does force it with the click. He does it. That is kind of forced, um, but it still sounds good, in my opinion. So we talked about this song actually once before in an episode that um, not many of you have downloaded. It's one of our lowest downloaded episodes of the podcast. We're eighty-eight episodes in. And it's one of the most, the least downloaded episodes for Cry Baby Cry. And some of those early episodes I did, I kind of want to re-record and sneak them back into the feed, you know, and now that we've kind of established the format of this show a little bit. But Cry Baby Cry, one of my favorite songs uh, on the White Album. It's one of John's. And and the reason it came, this song came up in the Cry Baby Cry episode is because he borrows um, not direct lines, but kind of the symbolism from the poem Sing a Song of Sixpence or Nursery Rhyme or whatever you want to call it. Um, in this case, 
he swaps the genders to make it more relevant to his own personal story. So he talks about the queen is in the counting house counting out the money. In Sing a Song of Sixpence, that's the king. Um, in this case, the queen is Yoko, who is taking care of the business affairs all through John's um, so-called house husband era, which was uh, the last half of the 1970s. The king is in the kitchen making bread and honey. So this verse talks about Yoko's out taking care of the business and John is at home making bread and taking care of the kids. So it, 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 it's utilizing that same sing-a-song of sixpence um, imagery that he used in Cry Baby Cry. So obviously this um, nursery rhyme or poem or whatever you want to call it had a, a huge impact on John as a lyricist or as a poet or whatever, as an author, whatever, you know, uh, creative outlet. He seems to keep going back to this particular thing. Um, harmonically, it's kind of interesting. I'm going to make you the argument that it's in the key of C. And usually when you are in the key of something, that's your tonic. That's your strongest. That's your one chord. So in the key of C, the tonic is one. That is your one chord. It's a major chord. It's, you know, that's home base. And the reason I'm reluctant to make this argument that it's in the key of C is because he never once plays a C chord in the entire song. Not once. But he opens with a D minor 7 to a G7. That is a 2-5, and, 100%. And it doesn't resolve. That would be the resolution is to see two five is a very common turnaround um, that, that we've talked about sometimes here before, uh, but it's not an uncommon thing to hear in pop music, but it is kind of uncommon to never resolve it. Um, so when, so we'll take that second verse. Uh, the queen is in the counting house, counting out the money. King is in the kitchen. Making bread and honey, no friends and yet no enemies, absolutely free. No rats aboard the magic ship of perfect harmony. Now it begins, um, goes to an F chord, which is the four in the key of C. So we're still grounded in C, but he uses a C in the bass. Now it begins. So having that C in the bass, we've got a, a, a C, F, A, C. So I'm going to make the argument that by putting that F chord in second inversion, which puts the C in the bass, and the fact that the melody is um, over a C, I'm going to say that he's kind of using this F over C as both the subdominant and the tonic. This is where he's establishing C as the home key 
even though he doesn't fully commit to C, um, you can make the argument that by the by the way the melody is being constructed, he is kind of dipping his toe and being like, "This is home, but I'm never gonna get there." So he goes um, F. Now it begins to D minor back to two. Let it begin. And then this cool little turnaround, which is an E flat chord to F suspended four to F. So it goes back, it's, you know, pretty much two chords. And then he has these little borrowed chords that he throws in for color. But that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say key of C with no mention of the tonic anywhere. Not in a single place. And, I, and it's because of the uh, D minor 7 to G7. The way he's using those, it is functioning as a 2-5 chord progression. So that's cleanup time. This is one that uh, is really good loud. There's some good guitar tones throughout it. Uh, John's voice is great. The bass work is amazing. I wish uh, for many reasons that John had produced more records, but I, I really wish he would have been around long enough to do more stuff with um, with this band because that bass work is really cool. And I hope that you'll listen for it now when you listen to it. And, uh, you know, after you listen to this podcast, I hope you go back and listen to it and really focus on the bass work on this one. It's, it's some cool rhythm section stuff. Of course, as always, I have this up on the uh, Spotify playlist. If you go to Spotify and search for Hero Habit or Kinks and Beats Daily, you will find the, the playlist, I'm sure. But if you can't, um, just swing by herohabit.com. Under the podcast button, there's a drop-down menu that says Kinks and Beats Daily. And on that page, you will find the Spotify playlist. You will find a player to listen to all of our episodes. You will find the directory that separates our episodes by album and by band. And you will find a link on where to contribute to keep this podcast ad-free. $4 a month. 20 cents an episode and you will get some bonus content um, uh, early. I will send it to you before I put it out to the general feed and you just help us keep the lights on and the ads away. If you listen to a lot of podcasts, you are tired of hearing ads for underwear, mattresses, or um, uh, uh, hiring, you know, resume uh, aggregator aggregates. I don't want to add those to this. So help us keep that ad free with just $4 a month. Swinging by herohabit.com. All right. That's it for me today. I hope you uh, go back and listen to this track. Listen to this one and the stripped down version. Uh, Spotify's got both. I only put the original one on our playlist. But if you go to the Double Fantasy album, wherever you stream music, find the stripped version and listen to this track um, stripped. It is, like I said, not as strikingly different as, say, just like starting over is. Um, but it is a clean sound. I, I think I like the original better. But uh, it's a good listen. So listen to them both. Um, 
and tell me what you think. You can call me at 925-494-1739 and I will share your thoughts on any song or album on a future episode. All right. I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. This podcast is presented by the Hero Habit Podcast Network. Swing by HeroHabit.com today to comment on this episode and poke around our growing database of sports and pop culture news, reviews, and collectibles. HeroHabit.com. Collect your heroes.